What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of... The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related. And we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. No matter how you Okay, people, so a little bit of an update to the show. After taking some things into consideration, genuinely where I want to go with things, genuinely how quickly I want to deliver the news to you, because doing Forever News the way I did it for, I want to say, the last half of last year, pretty much it's a lot more of a task and a lot more of a wait to put those episodes together because they're usually anywhere from 50 minutes to an hour plus of content. So it takes a while to gather up all that information and all of those articles and just in general, all that news and that's why you usually get only about one or two episodes of forever news a week well i want to change that to be honest with you i want to go back to how we were doing it earlier in 2021 and even second half of 2020 where you guys get forever news a lot more frequently so what we're going to try to do here and if things work out great if not we'll see you know we'll keep on tweaking until we get it right ultimately i want to try and give you guys forever news five days a week i'm going to try and do monday through friday they're going to be shorter episodes but nevertheless still packed with some interesting and insightful stories as always and then we'll leave the weekends to manga reviews and whatever we decide to do but for now that's something that i want to roll with let me know if you guys rock with it definitely drop a like and a comment and all of that good stuff to support it because yeah i want to give you guys more forever news episodes and i want to give them more timely i want to give you guys the news as it's happening as i'm excited to talk about it so this is what we're going to try full episodes what i'm going to do is i'm going to try and compile the episodes throughout the week into one big i guess podcast format style episode so you'll still be getting those over on the audio side of things and I'll try and see if whether I use the other Forever News channel to just do big episodes together or something like that but yeah we're gonna just I guess label this season two now and without further ado people I don't want to waste any more of your time let's get started because we got some interesting stuff to talk about okay so for starters one of the things that has been buzzing is the fact that Crunchyroll released a list of the top 10 anime fights of 2021 and apparently it was all due to you guys according to what they're saying let's read the article the top 10 fight scenes of 2021 according to you when writing an article reviewing any aspect of a medium in review it's hard not to come away with the impression that this year was a good one for whatever the subject of your piece may be but nevertheless i believe 2021 has treated us quite well when it comes to animated battles black clover and jujutsu kaisen's respective climaxes boruto's manga arc one piece's build towards the onigashima conflict and a ton of smaller offerings meant we had huge battles to look forward to every month with that in mind a top 10 article covers nearly the entire year much like this article's companion piece on 2021's opening and endings what follows is a list of the top 10 fight scenes of 2021 as determined by viewership on the Crunchyroll collection youtube channel weighted at 30 days so anime from earlier in the year don't get an advantage and to balance flash in the pan popularity versus iconic moments that will continue on in the fandom's consciousness and basically this is all calculated in the 30 days I, i'm imagining the first 30 days of viewership that it got so basically when an episode dropped when the clip dropped it would calculate okay in 30 days it did x amount of views and these are the ones that were the most viewed in 30 days of its release throughout 2021 let's take a look so for starters at number 10 that time i got reincarnated as a slime hakuro versus Kyoya, which I'm not familiar with the series. I've been saying I'm going to get into it eventually, but that's dope. Okay, it's a little bit different. It's 
not it can't all be from you know the top of the top shonen but i do know that the slime series is very popular so okay coming at number 10 we got one of the slime series then coming in at number nine miss kobayashi's dragon maid s toru versus lulu again another one that i'm not too familiar with it says here that it was done by kyoto animation kyoto animation oh that that's dope to hear that they, they're, they're back on it that's really interesting and it's a slice of life series that's kind of crazy but okay so 10 the slime series 9 miss kobayashi's dragon maid total versus lulu and definitely chime in in the comments if you want to as you're listening to this say hey i thought that one was dope hey i thought that one was dope whatever then number eight my hero academia himiko toga versus the liberation army it's tough man because i'm glad that it's getting some type of praise just because i am a massive massive fan of the source material but i'm not a massive fan of how they put that together but it's my hero and at the end of the day i, I i'm just happy to have toga getting some shine again admittedly i'm not the biggest fan of the adaptation for that season of the anime but I love me some My Villain Academia, so why not? Okay, we, we got My Hero at number eight. Number seven, To Your Eternity, Fushi versus Oniguma. Oh my god, I forgot about that one, and that was a massively beautifully done To Your Eternity. The animation process and style is just amazing. It reminds me almost of like Clayface from Batman the Animated Series and how that was so iconic, the way they would animate the character changing from the clay to a person back to clay. Like, that's something that they always did very well with two your eternity with the main character and just wow then coming in at number six i'm very very proud to say black clover asta and yami versus dante baby i think Crunchyroll realized, like, yo, we got to put a list together of series that, like, you know, the fans actually want to. Because, you know, normally the, the top anime and all of that stuff, the Crunchyroll Awards, they usually ignore and snub One Piece, Black Clover, Boruto, anything that is ongoing. They usually don't give them any accolades. So at the very least, to get the fighting accolades and it's due to viewership, basically us and our interests, that's really dope. And Black Clover, baby, going out with, with style and class. Cool beans, baby. Ooh, why I said cool beans. Anyway, uh, <laughs> number five. Side Gensoki Spirit Chronicles Real versus Assassin. I am not familiar with that one either, but wow. And it says here, a small child receiving a fantasy position that instantly downloads martial arts into his brain, Matrix style. Might be one to look into. Number four, Tsukimichi Moonlit Fantasy Makoto versus Demon Army. And I believe this is an Isekai series and yeah, must be really dope to get to, you know what I'm saying, top five fights, which it's kind of strange. I'll be honest with you. Like again, I'm not the most familiar with some of these, but like I I know for a fact that that two year eternity fight the animation was out of this world 11 out of 10 so these fights must have looked really good to top some of that stuff and i you know i don't want to throw my bias because people be like you're a black clover tar blah 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 like but that, that that finale baby was hype then top three baby coming in at number three. Oh my god love to see it and this was earlier in 2021 uh megami fushiguro versus the special grade curse and absolutely, 100%, definitely throw that in there. I'm really, really happy to hear that that was on there because Jujutsu Kaisen, I mean, y'all know what MAPPA does. Yeah, we don't got to go th that far into it. MAPPA Studios, baby. Number two, let's go. Finally getting some recognition on the anime side of things in the West because 2021, One Piece was incredible with the anime wano everything about odin's backstory to be honest with you i probably would have picked an odin fight more because i was just I'm, I'm such a massive fan for odin but roger versus whitebeard that looked 
gorgeous and they added extensive extra scenes to it that wasn't from the manga and just yes baby i love to see it one piece getting some shine in the actual anime opposed to just being like eh, you know it, it happened and people being pissed off and then number one baby number one which i ain't gonna lie i'm not mad at this top 10 at all and it just shows how much people really rock with certain things coming in at number one though kawaki versus garo from boruto naruto next generations if you've seen the intensity of that like already remember this list is comprised of viewership so boruto has an installed i, I don't want to say viewership because you know older fans they don't really care for a lot of the next gen stuff but it has an installed base of people that will at the very least give it a shot just because it's a sequel spinoff to naruto and one of the things that i really like about this being number one is the fact that it's not relying on the naruto and sasuke so like the haters will immediately come out and say aha it's because naruto and sasuke can't say that with this one even though i ain't gonna lie i probably me personally would have put the naruto and sasuke Sasuke ones above that but again it's due to viewership and I love to see a Kawaki versus Garo at number one let's freaking go and yeah people that was the top 10 anime fights of 2021 based off viewership according to this Crunchyroll article and yeah a lot of powerhouses that 100% belong there next up a very interesting story regarding a very lucky One Piece fan because apparently this fan they came from another country and their dream was to like meet Oda the creator of One Piece and you know just like all of us that we really love and adore one piece well apparently this person had the opportunity to get similar to how luffy got the straw hat from shanks shanks's voice actor put the straw hat on him like really interesting stuff let's read hi surika i just read your fan letter to me it's amazing you're planning to create the best it company in the world regarding your dream as someone who already achieved his goal i can only tell you dreams do come true by the way i have a present for you today that's a straw hat with my signature when your company becomes big in the future and asks me to collaborate i'll gladly accept your offer and meet you hopefully you'll hand over the straw hat you got to me then and treat me to a beef steak i'm looking forward to the day when your dreams come true by Eichiro oda oda signed the straw hat for him and also the voice actor shanks bestowed that straw hat on and that that's really dope man that is really dope like yo he just said hey you know i got a dream of making a giant it company one day and i'm a massive one piece fan and oda was like that i'm gonna make you feel great right now and that's something that's dope i always try my best to do that when people they're like yo for i love what you do blah 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 i'm always like word what's up yo how's your day going let's have a little conversation anything you can do to brighten people's day man that's that's the life experience from my perspective of trying your best to make somebody's day better whatever you can do especially if you have the power to just yo let me just sign something right here and give it to him and tell him a couple of words that mean something to me that might make his whole freaking year so shout outs to oda for that um this was beautiful yeah next up people a very very interesting piece right here because according to rumors which i've been seeing this everywhere it says jujutsu kaisen movie more than likely i don't want to say it's confirmed but more than likely will be coming to north america in february which i was expecting like march or april because there was a very big buffer between the release of the demon slayer film over there in japan and outside and over here in the west but a little bit different circumstances obviously the pandemic played a big part of a massive delay in between the release and whatnot but word is circulating that we'll probably be getting the jujutsu kaisen zero movie in february i am so freaking hopeful whenever it is i'm here for it because february 
that's literally next freaking month and based on everything i've seen like i just saw uh, it was about last week i want to say it was released a big massively gorgeous trailer that was really emotional where you see yuta crying and also like i really i, I can't wait y'all yeah, know anyway how much i really love jujutsu kaisen like gagakutami it's definitely one of the goats of the new gen of manga for crying out loud jujutsu kaisen sold the most of last year in general manga wise and a lot of the times not all the time there's definitely times where a series will not be that great and sell well but jujutsu kaisen is one of those times where the quality and the sales are matching and beautifully so. So yeah, people is looking like Jujutsu Kaisen Zero's movie might be coming to North America in February and I'm here for it. Okay, people, next up, this is a story that I really wanted to talk to you guys about. I am a massive Invincible fan. I loved that first season that dropped over on Amazon Prime, but apparently there's some drama going on over there and a massive lawsuit is hitting Robert Kirkman. In case you don't know Robert Kirkman, he is credited as being, you know, the creator of Invincible, but also he is the creator of the Walking Dead comic series as well. Um, and the artist of Invincible is suing him. It says here, an Invincible artist is suing Robert Kirkman over animated show profits. Invincible creator Robert Kirkman has been sued by a comic book artist who says he was tricked into relinquishing his copyright. William Crabtree claims he co-created Invincible. He was the comic book's colorist for its first 50 issues, but was convinced by Kirkman to surrender his ownership of the title back in 2005 in order to make it easier to sell the rights to studios. Quote unquote, fraud and deceit has become a standard business practice for Kirkman and is apparently where his true creative aptitude lies claims attorney Devin McRae in the complaint. Crabtree claims that he had an oral agreement with Kirkman that granted him 20% of single sale proceeds for Invincible as well as 10% of any revenue from quote-unquote other film or TV commercial exploitation of the work together with any derivative projects based on the work or any allied or ancillary rights in the work. Essentially, this means that Crabtree would have missed out on a large paycheck when Invincible was turned into an animated series. As for why this agreement was never written down, Crabtree alleges that Kirkman convinced him to sign over his rights with a quote-unquote certificate of authorship while at San Diego Comic-Con in 2005. He claims that Kirkman persuaded him by stating that Invincible would be more saleable to studios if it came from a single creator. Quote-unquote, Kirkman falsely told Crabtree that Crabtree's rights and financial interests in the work will remain unchanged if he signed a certificate of authorship and that the document would simply allow Kirkman to market the licensure of the work more easily, resulting in greater profits for both of them, reads the lawsuit. Once the document was signed, the lawsuit claims that Kirkman continued to pay Crabtree for comic sales as well as licensing by MTV for an animated series and Paramount Pictures for a film and TV option. But when Invincible was picked up by Amazon Studios, Crabtree claims that Kirkman refused his claims for compensation. When Crabtree questioned Kirkman about why Kirkman continued to pay Crabtree royalties on the work for years after the certificate of authorship, Kirkman stated that those royalty payments were actually just bonuses that he paid at his discretion. The lawsuit alleges fraud and breach of contract by Kirkman as well as denying Crabtree access to profit statements in connection to the Amazon TV series. The suit ultimately seeks a judgment that Crabtree is co-creator of Invincible as well as an account of what he's owed and punitive damages. Of course, this isn't the first time Kirkman has seen legal troubles around his work. The Walking Dead co-creator Tony Moore also sued Kirkman, claiming he swindled him out of profits and residuals for the comic book adaptation. Moore's lawsuit ended with a settlement between the two parties. Additionally, Kirkman himself and other creators sued AMC in 2017 for breach of contract surrounding the post-apocalyptic 
TV series. And based on that article alone, the fact that not only he's being sued off of Invincible, but also he was sued by one of the co-creators for The Walking Dead does sound a little bit fishy. Again, I don't know all the details. I wasn't there when they when Crabtree and Kirkman made that agreement, you know, 20 years ago on the royalties for Invincible and whatnot. But definitely seems a little odd. And it really sucks to hear, to be honest with you. Like authors, artists, people in the creative process in general put their blood, sweat, and tears to things like this. And when, you know, shit like that happens, like I couldn't imagine being a creative of something, of, of a piece of work, and it gets picked up. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm celebrating only for me to be shut out of it and not get royalties and compensation and stuff like that. It, it sucks. And sometimes you trust the wrong people and they will, you know, use that silver slithery tongue to have their way and you'll end up looking like Bozo the Clown out here. And that's very, very unfortunate, especially I'm a big, massive, passionate fan and supporter of creatives and artists in general. So I'm not really happy to hear something like that. Like if you're an artist and you put in the work and time and the agreement was what it was, hopefully everything gets resolved and Kirkman pays him his just dues if that was the truth. And just in general, it's shitty to hear because I freaking love Invincible and I hate hearing that there's drama behind it. And likewise with The Walking Dead, well, I used to love, I don't really like Walking Dead no more, but yeah. Uh, invincible massive lawsuit going on right now we'll see how that turns out okay people and last story of the episode um unfortunately the anime community has a very nasty side to it that when certain things go in a certain racial way all of a sudden a lot of racial slurs start flying and it's pretty disgusting because basically the voice actress for the dub of don't toy with me miss nagatoro san was revealed and it was kimberly ann campbell as nagatoro obviously you can see from the picture she's a beautiful black woman and fans i guess you would say i don't really want to call them fans basically assholes and racists came out the woodwork to start with the racial slurs and the original post that i saw this on was blowing up and it's just really disgusting because one of the things is these people are saying she's not black why would you get a black voice actress but 90 something percent of voice actors and actresses in the anime industry are white and majority of these characters are japanese so what does it matter who's the voice actress in fact it, it's dope giving people a chance there's not that many people of color especially in the anime voiceover industry there's not that many people of color that are in there so giving her a chance to voice somebody really awesome like Nagatoro I don't see what's the problem like there's 50 million white voice actors and actresses that play Japanese characters every single day but then especially the fact that you know people coming out their mouth with all the nasty shit that's the stuff about the anime community people don't really speak about it's almost an unspoken thing out there that a lot of people are aware of is like whenever something like this happens there comes the and, and it's just nasty it's really nasty out here shout outs to kimberly ann campbell i can't wait i'm gonna rewatch nagatoro today so i can hear that freaking excellent performance that she's gonna deliver next up the success and the massive love and popularity of attack on titan's latest opening the latest opening for attack on titan's final season part two entitled the rumbling First of all, in case you missed it, uh, I made a whole video talking about how much I loved and adored the opening from the visuals to just in general the song, the lyrics, and how much it really signifies what the character, the main character, Aaron Yeager, is going through at that particular point. A couple of people pointed out to me, so I did want to do a correction that that was not rotoscope animation as much as it did look like it because there was just so much movement, which is not the most normal for anime animation and whatnot, uh, that apparently one guy did the entirety of that opening 
opening so salute to the gentleman i'll have his name somewhere around here so you guys can see that is freaking massively impressive if you made me think that you used rotoscope animation style basically you animated over a real person and you didn't you did that all by yourself with all of that movement and whatnot you're a1 but basically right here according to this it says attack on titans final season part two opening has already reached 11 million views in only three days on pony canyon's youtube channel three days 11 million views i just want to point out to you guys that that is abnormal that is humongous and rightfully so i mean regardless of how everybody feels for the manga readers about the ending of attack on titan right here where we're at it's still very hype and anime only so still going really strong with the show like at the end of the day attack on titan has a lot of love and i'm not even gonna lie again that opening it's tough I, I still gotta stand by i prefer the first opening just because it's iconic and legendary but in terms of just fitting the tone of the show the characters where it's at right now the visuals everything i absolutely love it and i'm not the biggest fan of heavy metal and stuff like that but even the screams and everything it just shows aaron's inner rage so shout outs to the people that created that opening shout outs to mappa studios and just in general big success going out very strong for the final season of attack on titan 11 more episodes to go and i'm not skipping that opening even once next up first of all courtesy of yellowstone over on twitter shout outs to them for this graph i absolutely love doing this segment and i don't know if i want to call it the rise and fall or the rise slight dip and maintain of the dragon ball super manga a lot of people are you know when it comes to spinoffs and stuff like that like boruto and dragon ball super you're always gonna look at it with a side eye of like well what the sales are gonna be like the sales don't sound like they're doing great or whatnot we got a full-on actual look at the manga sales according to yellowstone they said dragon ball super manga volume sales evolution the decline is typical of a spinoff though it is doing pretty good considering no active anime we'll have to see if the upcoming movie can at least steady sales okay so taking a look at this graph it's very very interesting right because normally a manga spin-off sequel all of that jazz usually starts off as follows it usually starts off especially if people really love the previous series really really high like I'm, I'm taking into account things that i've just recently seen for example like fairy tale 100 years quest series like that it starts off really high and then it continuously dips however for dragon ball super it's the exact opposite for volume one it starts off with less than fifty thousand sales probably like thirty-five thousand. it looks around there 30 to 35 or whatnot and i mean that's not low per se because like over here in the west 30 35 000, that's insane but for dragon ball in its homeland of japan doesn't sound the greatest or whatnot but that's what volume one does then volume two starts skyrocketing and i want to say the anime was already running at this particular point and that's probably why the sales were going up because remember with the dragon ball super anime what happened was it started off people weren't the most enthusiastic about it because the first two arcs was readapting the films that were already aired in theaters the battle of gods and frieza's resurrection so probably that's why like you know then you're getting a manga readaptation of it like who cares that's probably what people were thinking but then you get to volume two and you see it jumps up massively from like 35 40 000, all the way to about a buck 25 then volume 3 goes to 225 then volume 4 goes to like probably 260 265 probably somewhere around there then volume 5 goes up even a step further but then right there after volume 5 is where the anime ends so then you see a dip from volume 5 to 6 to 7 it starts slowly dipping then you see around volume 8 is when the broly movie came to japanese theaters over there and that gave it a little bit of a boost it went up a little bit but then since about volume 8 all 
all the way up until 14 it was slowly declining not like something insanely major like major drops or anything like that it just did a slow decline and then volume 14 i wonder where that is is that like where moro is maybe that's like the climax of moro because then it went up slightly and then it's kind of just been like fluctuating in the realm of around about a buck 70 maybe or something like that it's kind of just staying in that realm and i think a lot of that is due to they probably in japan really enjoyed the climax of the moral arc and i think granola the survivor is definitely a big benefit to the series right now i think a lot of people because i know over here in the west we've really appreciated and enjoyed a lot of what's been done with granola the survivor this whole entire granola arc and whatnot with the heaters and everything like it's been pretty freaking awesome so i think the quality of this arc is really what's maintaining because mind you we haven't had anything anime related to push the franchise since 2018 since the broly film i mean we got the announcement of dragon ball super superhero which hmm, we'll see what that does i don't in my opinion and we'll we'll check back on this but when, come april or whenever the next volume comes out after the film or whatnot we'll see if the sales of the manga go up after the film i personally don't think it's going to have any impact at all that's just me i don't think the movie's going to have any impact it maybe it might go up like I'm talking 20,000 for the next one, but I don't see anything like skyrocketing just because the movie itself feels like an experiment. But we gotta wait and see. And either way, Dragon Ball Super's manga run so far is really fascinating how it started off abysmal and then it just kind of just fluctuated between like 225 and 175 and it's just been there, which is a pretty good thing, honestly. I think a lot of that, of course, is due to the fact that it's Dragon Ball, people all over the world, and especially if this is just culminating from Japan, this is the home base people are gonna go pick up those dragon ball volumes regardless and if the word of mouth is like yo some pretty epic stuff is happening the writing has gotten better with this latest arc people are gonna run out and get those volumes so shout outs to dragon ball super just very very interesting sales figures for the entirety of the manga from volume 1 through 17. okay people next up we got some really dope announcements for shonen jump plus apparently they got some new serializations coming into the magazine in case you don't know what shonen jump plus is it's a digital only shonen jump app that houses series like kaiju number eight spy x family i believe they're they're just now getting you know chainsaw man 2 whenever it decides to return and whatnot so it's a pretty big juggernaut of a digital magazine and the new serializations that they got coming to be honest with you it gets me excited just because shonen jump plus seemingly doesn't disappoint with its quality which is a very very dope thing to to say but according to this it says shonen jump plus app january serialization round so january 17th we got make heroine wo kate setai by michiru nakayama and ashigaki tei which i want to say that's the first one if i'm not mistaken where the girl's holding up like a paper and then january 30th we got anten sama no haranochi by yotsuga itsuza and the art on that one kind of looks interesting and it says here also the first work of this new batch is based on the one shot with the same Name published back in Jump Giga 2020 summer. The second one, as we posted a few days ago, is based on another one shot with the same name from Shonen Jump Plus's app. So it seems as though these are both based on some one shots that actually probably got some notoriety and people really liked it and i'm excited especially that second one looks really ominous and i want to say one of the people in charge of that second series i think he's actually the editor don't quote me on that is shihei lin he's also the editor of chainsaw man and don the don from shonen jump plus as well so yeah if he's behind it this is probably going to be a very good one again it's that creepy one of i don't even know if she's a ghoul like she looks like she could either be a little girl or a creepy ghoul or something with an x carved into her hand and shit i'm gonna probably check 
check that one out because it looks scary as hell. There's like a mouth drooling with pink saliva behind there. Yeah, this is freaky. I ain't gonna lie. I wonder, could this be a horror? Oh my god, a horror manga and Shonen Jump Plus. I'm here for it, but we gotta wait and see. Next up, we got another update on Jujutsu Kaisen Zero Films' success. Now, I gotta say, with this update, it kind of feels, and it reminds me of, like, what the music industry does, where they'll be like, oh, this is the only album to get, you know, 100,000 spins in Guatemala or something. Well, they'll take any accomplishment just to give it a boost, just to say, like, yo, this is doing great and whatnot, because, like, just let me read the headline to you. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is now the 80th highest earning film in Japan box office history who celebrates like yo we 80 baby like if it was like top 10 top 5 or something like that that would be something like oh wow you know even top 20 like but 80 it sounds like to be honest with you Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is doing great but it's not nowhere close to what Demon Slayer let's just get that out of the conversation already it's not even competing anymore at this point it's probably doing maybe meeting the expectations or slightly above but it's not like blowing shit out the water or anything like that like if, if they're celebrating oh it's the 80th highest which it'll jump up it'll easily within a couple weeks be at like maybe 50th highest 40th highest but again it's not like the big accomplishment until you're saying oh it's the 20th it's the 10th you know it's the 5th or stuff like that and I'm not trying to downplay it by any means because I want to see this film succeed I wanted this to compete with Demon Slayer just gotta throw that in there but it says here Geki Joban Jujutsu Kaisen Zero anime film has sold 5,671,950 tickets for 7,714,084,650 yen approximately 66.91 million dollars almost 67 million dollars in 18 days since it opened on december 24th which by the way 66 million dollars for an animated film that's great that's that's not nothing to sneeze at the film is now the 80th highest earning film in japanese box office history the film is still outpacing last year's highest earning film evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time which earned about 55.49 million dollars and sold 3 million nine hundred sixty one thousand four hundred eighty tickets in its first 21 days that is a very big feat to think about just because like evangelion people were waiting for that film for a very very long time and don't get me wrong jujutsu kaisen is a popping shonen now and all that jazz but evangelion had people waiting for years upon years for that film so that is a very big accomplishment on jujutsu kaisen's behalf deki joban jujutsu kaisen zero earned two billion six hundred ninety four million one hundred twenty eight thousand one hundred fifty yen about twenty three point five million dollars in its first three days and topped the box office charts for its opening weekend so yeah things that we already know again i can see this movie hitting the 100 million mark in japan alone and once it gets released globally which we just talked about in yesterday's episode about it coming out in february or whatnot in the u.s and whatnot this will easily worldwide break 100 million i think personally in total it'll do 150 to 180 million worldwide total which is phenomenal but i'm just curious if that's what you know shueisha and them projected is it doing as good as they projected is it doing better that's really what i want to know like again these are impressive and amazing numbers i'm just curious to shueisha is that the same reaction or are they disappointed that it's only 80th at this point either way shout outs to this film i cannot wait to see it i am dying for it somebody actually had sent me a a, a copy of it a couple days ago but i'm holding off i want to support the theatrical release and i don't want my um experience to be spoiled so to speak by watching it now so yeah just gotta 
throw that in there. Either way, shoutouts to Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. It's outpacing an Evangelion film that was, you know, waited from the fans for many, many years. So that's dope. Okay, next up we got the Weekly Shonen Magazine author comments. I seen somebody say that because I'm doing season two of Forever News, they thought that that was going away. No, <laughs> that's still going to be covered as soon as we get our hands on them. For starters, we got Nakaba Suzuki, author of The Four Nights of the Apocalypse, as well as, of course, The Seven Deadly Sins. He said, I've been guzzling coffee in my workplace, but in all honesty, I can't really tell any of the flavors apart. You bugging me. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of coffee right here, in case you don't know. And, uh, yeah, I could definitely tell majority of flavors, all of that jazz, and, uh, yeah, you bugging, but hey, you're on the coffee grind like me, I ain't gonna lie, coffee is what keeps me going. Then we got Ken Wakui, author of Tokyo Avengers. He said, I was cleaning out my closet. No. <laughs> I was cleaning out my closet and found so many outfits I forgot I bought. My ability to remember things is lacking. I wonder if he found any of his old, you know, delinquent uniforms back when he was in gangs and stuff like that, huh? Then we got Atsushi Okubo. I actually took a peek at this one and it's kind of sad, I am gonna lie pretty sad uh let's read he said happy new year we don't have very much time left together but i want to wish the readers other involved parties and the other artists in the magazine a wonderful new year wow he's really pushing home like yo i'm out of here <laughs> like it's already been i don't even know how many times since 2020 i want to say that he's been like yeah manga's almost over yeah i'm never writing manga again after this yeah it's coming to a climax yeah we got two volumes left yeah i'm about to finish this in two chapters like he is dead set on finishing this up and walking away from manga and big shout outs to atsushi okubo regardless man you made two big series soul eater and fire force and yeah, it looks like he's really, he's out of here, man. There ain't no change in this man's mind, Fire Force, which I'm not caught up on the series, so it probably is at a right climax to finish. But I think Weekly Shonen Magazine is also going to take a bit of a hit with Fire Force leaving because that's one of the biggest manga in the magazine. We got Muneyuki Kanashiro, author of Blue Lock. This is late, but Happy New Year. This is going to be a big year for Blue Lock, and I'm going to work hard. Look forward to it. Yeah, I'd imagine that this is probably going to be the breakout year where it's really going to explode in the mainstream in the West as well. Uh, then we got Negi Haruba, author of Ranger Reject. This year, my goal is to buy a massage chair. That would be fire, although I am going to lie, massage chairs just don't cut it like a real person actually giving you a massage. Gotta throw it in there. I've been through a lot of massage chairs. And lastly, we got Hiromashima, author of Eden Zero, Fairy Tale, Fairy Tale 100 is Quest. I've rewatched Lost so much that I lost count. It's still awesome every time i rewatched though i heard that loss was good but that the ending sucked let me know if you agree with that statement people have told me that that's why i never really got into loss because by the time i heard about it i was like oh so it has a bad ending after everybody saying it was really good for a really long time reminds me of a couple of manga i know no shots no shots and yeah people those were the weekly shonen magazine author comments always a treat okay people next up it's been quite some time since here on forever news we covered this but demon slayer season two in particular one of the latest episodes was just massive and everybody's been talking about it and i don't want to get into spoilers and whatnot but basically the entertainment district arc is really heating up with battles with tanjiro and everything like that and we got the japanese animation tv rankings from december 20th 26 so this is not quite covering that episode yet but this gives us a little bit of insight into how successful the demon slayer anime has been thus far and it's 
<laughs> I was gonna say sling, no pun intended, but it's doing massive, man. Like, I never have seen a TV anime of a shonen series of any kind, whether it be One Piece or whatnot, doing what this is doing. Like, it is literally in this week of December 20th through the 26th, number two with a 7.4, only under a kitty anime, Saze-san. Like, you know, the type of Curious George animes out there and stuff like that. Like, that's the only one that's beating it. It's beating out Detective Conan by point .3. It's beating out... Yashahime, which I never thought in a million years uh, Inuyasha spinoff was going to be that freaking successful. That's getting a season 3 hands down. Like, it is always on the charts. And it is beating out One Piece by over double. One Piece is at 3.5. Demon Slayer has a 7.4. Demon Slayer got Japan by the Gohones over there. By the Gohones. Because these are incredible. I cannot wait to see what the ratings are for the latest episode that just happened with, you know, the old Tanjiro and the battle and all that stuff where things is cooking up and heating up in the entertainment district because if that did a 7.4 for that episode and i think that was just like one of the setup build-up episodes that episode is going to go through the moon probably a 9.0 10.0 type of vibe which demon slayer entertainment district arc i really wish that we wouldn't have gotten that recap and wasted episodes on you know just more mugen train that i already saw a couple different times like this arc right now red light district is fire fuego and these ratings are 100% reflective of it. Okay, people, and lastly, a little bit over on the comic book side of things, one of the big artists right now that is taking the world by storm over there, he's been working with Milestone Comics on the Static Shock reboot remake. Uh, he's been making a lot of noise, and it's one of my peoples right there, Nicholas uh, Draper Ivory. I, I always forget, forgive me, homie. I <laughs> just hit me up and correct me on how I'm saying your name if I'm butchering it. My fault, never intending that. But my boy Nicholas, he has been tearing it up with static he has been making a whole bunch of noise he's getting a whole bunch of love out there which i'm so happy for him and recently a couple of things have went down where for starters he did something really cool he said here for starters with this one it's not a secret that manga has had influence over my run on static so as i wrap up the sixth issue which i want to say that's the final issue of static's run this initial run i wanted to draw something i've been wanting to draw for some time now the milestone characters in the style of akira toriyama as oversaturated and overdone as it is i hadn't seen anyone attempt it with milestone characters so i wanted to try my hand at it rocket and bulma have a similar vibe and i feel like that will track so i'm going to draw her next icon and hardware shortly after and he said okay back to work which he showed this image that he drew of static in the dragon ball type of vibe and it just looks freaking awesome with dragon ball art style and that like he did a phenomenal job but also i saw this article picking up and making rounds so i wanted to cover it as well because my boy nick is making noise and i love to see it he said if if I was ever asked to do something else for DC that isn't static, it would have to be Batman Beyond. No exceptions. But Nick, what about... No, I know what I like. Sorry, I've been listening to Close Combined Live by Richie Houghton and I'm seeing dope scenes in my head. And oh my god, Nick... Uh, if, if they give you the opportunity, you gotta jump on it, fam, because I know you would slay it with the art, and just in general, you would make something really, really freaking hype, and I hope it happens. I would love to see it. I mean, I'm a big, massive fan of Batman Beyond. That was a big part of my childhood, and to see it being brought into this modern world with Nick's uh, insane art style, that would be freaking hype, and who knows, man? Maybe who knows what could happen in the future? You never know. I mean, he's doing a bang-up job on Static right now, making a ton of noise. I would love to see him give a shot at a Batman Beyond remake and I think it would be very very dope on the agenda an announcement regarding Toonami and it is very interesting that this announcement is coming on the heels of we just talked about in a recent
recent episode of Forever News that it looks like Cartoon Network and Adult Swim was not doing great at all since 2014. In fact, both of them have been falling over like 70% in viewership and things wasn't looking great. Well, it seems as though they're trying to combat it at the very least with announcements like this that apparently Toonami is going to be debuting new shows all for like the next month. Let's take a look. Toonami debuts new show every week for next month or so, starting with Assassination Classroom Season 2. Toonami's official Facebook page announced on Friday that the programming block will start airing the second season of the Assassination Classroom anime starting on Sunday at 12.30 a.m. Toonami will air two episodes of the show at 12.30 a.m. and 1 a.m. Other anime airing in the programming block early Sunday morning include Blade Runner Black Lotus, Naruto Shippuden, and Cowboy Bebop. Toonami additionally apologized in its Facebook post stating, We're really sorry that we haven't been able to announce anything before now, but we've been waiting on lots of deals to lock into place. The Facebook post added that the programming block will premiere a new show every week for quote-unquote the next month or so, and will reveal more details about those new shows at a later time. Toonami of course began airing the first season of Assassination Classroom back in August of 2020. And also in Toonami news, they also announced another show that that is coming to the block. It says here, Toonami airs Made in Abyss anime on January 15th. The official Facebook page for Adult Swim's Toonami programming block announced on Wednesday that the block will begin airing the Made in Abyss anime on Saturday at 1.30 a.m. effectively Sunday. The full lineup for January 15th includes at 12 a.m. Blade Runner Black Lotus, 12.30 a.m. Assassination Classroom, 1 a.m. Assassination Classroom, and then it says 1.30 Made in Abyss, 2 a.m. Shippuden, 2.30 a.m. So they definitely know that, you know, Naruto Shippuden fans will still stick around even if it's at 2 a.m. to come through. And then 3 and 3.30, Cowboy Bebop. So yeah, while the lineup to me personally isn't the greatest, I've seen Toonami with some insane blocks and whatnot, like Blade Runner, Black Lotus. I don't know how many people that's going to be bringing in, although if they're putting it at 12 a.m., either they invested a lot into it or it's doing very well for them. But the lineup doesn't sound the greatest in the world, but the fact that they're adding in newer shows and things like that, Made in Abyss has a pretty big fan base whatnot at very least they're trying you know what i'm saying toonami is trying their best to fight and get some viewership so shout outs to it i personally don't want to see toonami die or anything like that like it's a massive staple in anime and manga fandom and culture but i feel like it's the inevitable and stuff like this is really dope but because giants like you know streaming giants in particular like netflix and stuff are grabbing all the shows nowadays it's not as easy for toonami to get the latest and greatest on their block We'll see what happens. Time will tell. But yeah, shout outs to Tsunami regardless. Um, just, yeah, it's Tsunami. It's legendary. Next up, we got some manga information. Basically, I don't want to say a rise and fall because it's kind of been a little bit for the most part stable for a bit now. But basically, we got a big insight and look into the Boruto manga sales and success and lack thereof in certain areas. Let's read again, courtesy of Jose underscore K. He said, Boruto manga sales evolution, Japan. As other sequels, it has the usual big start and quickly downfall. But after the V-Jump switch moment, the series sales entered a stable phase and there it continues. And you see right here, like volume one, it started with, wow, 350,000 sales. That's not bad at all, to be honest with you. And then you see volume two, which I'd imagine it didn't help it at all that 
the first however many volumes was of you know the world to naruto the movie stuff like i'm always gonna say that when they do things like that that is a massive mistake the fact that they readapted that thing so many times you had the movie you had the manga you had the tv anime like how many times do you want us to experience this damn content you might as well just have it on reruns you know what i'm saying so the first volume did 350 second volume did a little under 300 then the anime started in between two and three and that didn't really help shit like honestly you could tell that the anime didn't really do anything for the manga sales it's literally they have two separate fan bases all together and then you just see it goes down 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 but around between volumes eight and nine is when it switched from being monthly and weekly shonen jump to being a v jump magazine manga and for whatever reason that actually helped to stabilize it like it's still slowly going down like as you can see at like volume nine it was closer to 150 and by volume 15 it's like closer to 100,000 or whatnot so it's still slightly going down but for the most part it's somewhat stable I i'm curious if it had a very big you know revitalization like i've been saying for a while like like when the time skip comes for example is that going to do anything for the manga are they going to rebrand the manga when the time skip comes depending on where the story is going to go there is it going to just continue to just be called boruto they're going to change that how's the anime going to do are they going to do a film i highly highly encourage if anybody in studio piro wants my opinion which i know y'all don't i know y'all got experts and all that jazz but i would highly encourage doing a massive film in between boruto and boruto z boruto whatever you want to sub title it as put a big film in between showcasing that boruto has changed it's darker it's grittier things is happening maybe you know something big happened with kakashi oh my god tsunade like some very massive things that they could do to kind of market it that this isn't the boruto that you remember that people were shitting on and 2021 already gave boruto a better name than it ever had the anime in 2021 made a lot of people look and say oh shit i didn't know boruto had that type of gas now is where you could keep your foot on the pedal and take it another step further because if we're stable with these manga sales between again volumes 9 and 15 it's only very slowly dipping you could put a little bit extra muscle and really crank it up a notch i think that they can do it i think boruto looking at these sales that is not dramatically dropping anymore since around like volume 9 like it's decreasing but not insanely we could do something. We could work with this. And I think having the anime more so feel more closer to the manga will definitely benefit the sales. Like, I think that that's something that the anime airing didn't do anything for the manga back then. Because remember, the anime airing also started off with, like, filler stuff before even the Boruto Naruto the movie stuff. Like, it was just a mess the way they started all this. Now's a good opportunity. Put some marketing dollars behind it. Studio Piro, do a movie. Or if you're gonna, you know, do the TV anime time skip or whatnot, really market it heavy that this is boruto a little bit older now something you might like if you're an older naruto fan you'll get the boruto fans to continue on you'll get the old naruto fans to tune in right there we already got them everybody loved boruto 2021's anime let's go okay people next up something very very interesting regarding manga plus apparently manga plus is used the data at the very least for determining which titles will get anime adaptations let's read manga plus editor explains why shonen jump plus handles overseas distribution in-house shueisha editor yuto momiyama who manages weekly shonen jumps shonen jump plus and manga plus online services wrote a blog post to explain why the shonen jump plus editorial department manages overseas distribution through manga plus in-house first he explained that it is typical for publishers to sell the overseas publishing rights to foreign companies through the overseas licensing department and that this system continues to deliver 
deliver positive results. However, Manga Plus is managed by Shueisha directly because Momiyama wants it to be a core part of Weekly Shonen Jump's editorial approach. According to Momiyama, the role of a manga magazine is to quote-unquote deliver new and interesting manga to the world. To achieve this, Weekly Shonen Jump makes extensive use of polls and reader feedback. With the data from Manga Plus, the editorial department can now keep track of the international reception from a very early stage of serialization. Also, because the international market is so important for the anime industry, Manga Plus data is already being used to help decide which titles get anime adaptations. Momoyama also predicted that overseas manga market will become even more important in the future. Manga Plus currently has 5 million monthly active users. He also pointed to a Kodansha report stating that roughly 20% of manga sales currently come from overseas. At Shueisha, he has heard that overseas manga sales have apparently doubled in 2021 compared to the previous year. He highlighted the popularity of Kaiju Number no. 8 in particular, the first volume of which sold 250,000 copies in France alone, despite the higher unit price for manga volumes compared to Japan. Momoyama predicted that the ratio of domestic to overseas sales will be equal in 10 years time. And I'll be honest with you, that right there, that article right there, heavily makes me want to use the Manga Plus app moving forward because if that gives them some insight of hey a lot of people are really liking this series on this app maybe we should give it a good anime adaptation because it already has some of fan base so if you're one of those people that you want to support a certain series and you wanted to get a great anime adaptation or whatnot one of the best things you could do if they're using metrics and whatnot from manga plus wherever there's a poll on there whatever they have going on over there if you want your favorite series to get a good anime adaptation or just get an anime adaptation in general to last and whatnot manga plus seems like the way to go like there's a few different apps out there whatnot that they got official legitimate apps it looks like for supporting the series you want to get the anime adaptations you want the best thing to do is to use manga plus and believe me i'm not sponsored although i would love it hit me up i'm here yeah manga plus seems like a very useful tool for fans that want to support a series and want to get a series going if they're using metrics and data and all that stuff from manga plus to go and move forward with different ideas and whatnot hell's freaking yeah i am going on there next up just a small little thing that i wanted to add in the episode a fantasy battle manga yomi no sugai color page by full metal alchemist creator hiromu arakawa in the latest monthly shonen gangang issue 2 and i'm not even gonna lie this cover it doesn't look the greatest in terms of coloring or whatnot but this manga yomi no sugai in case you missed i made a video recommending highly recommending it saying it was probably the best first chapter of a new manga i read in 2021 this looks gas. You should check it out. I just wanted to throw that in there. And if they're giving it another color page, they're really rallying behind Hiromu Arakawa. And I think she got one. I think give it a few years. Let it build up and whatnot. This monthly Shonen Gangang series, Yomi no Sugai, is going to be a hit. I'm calling it right now. I got a lot of a lot of support for this one because it's really freaking good. Like that first chapter blew my mind. But yeah, just wanted to show you guys, share you guys this really awesome image. Next up, just a small update for Jujutsu Kaisen because... Y'all know we talk about sales all the time of all sorts of stuff. Well, we got a little bit of insight in one of the novel's sales. It says here, Jujutsu Kaisen Thorny Road to Dawn novel has 322,000 copies in circulation. And on the cover is of Kugisaki Nobara. And it's an interesting cover. And I ain't gonna lie, I'm not the biggest novel fan per se. Like, I, I don't go, like, I got some novels and whatnot. And I've read a few of them, in particular the Naruto one. I know, Naruto! Okay, whatever. Uh, this one, I'd probably pick up because I'm a massive 
massive massive Jujutsu Kaisen fan and it's kind of crazy to see freaking novel of Jujutsu Kaisen doing you know 322,000 copies like that's not unheard of per se but we're just in a different era man we're in a different era where these manga fans really are going out and supporting it it's a little bit different over there in Japan than over here like I'm not sure exactly the prices of novels I know manga over there is dirt cheap like you get a volume for like two bucks equivalent over there so if a novel is even let's just say the same price a little more a little less yeah that that helps but yeah shout outs to Jujutsu Kaisen 322,000 copies on a novel Thorny Road to Dawn and uh yeah Kugisaki Nobara getting a little hot in here for my little Nobara nah shout outs to JJK though next up it definitely seems like they're not letting off the gas for a moment when it comes to the World Trigger series because according to this it says World Trigger Festival 2022 key visual there's a key visual that they're doing a festival the event will be held on February 27th at Tokyo Dome City Hall with appearances from voice actors and more so this could mean that they're going to announce another season because right now I think what they're doing season three of World Trigger if I'm not mistaken which really is just I'll be honest with you those are one of the instances where they're taking 24 episodes which would be typically a season and they said oh no 12 episodes is for season 2 and 12 episodes is for season 3 despite the fact that season 1 was like 70 episodes or something like crazy like you know the first season of World Trigger had a lot of episodes so it's clear what they're trying to do they're changing up their approach of release and marketing and all that jazz but yeah if they're doing a big festival and they got a key visual for it they might be announcing more maybe they could be announcing a world trigger movie could be the end of world trigger who the hell knows but they definitely got some big plans if they're doing all of this but yeah people just a little bit of world trigger news for you okay people next up massive massive news for my hero academia honestly i saw it coming eventually that they got to do something else with the franchise in terms of gaming or whatnot but we got a new console game coming out however based on the images and whatnot people aren't all that excited and enthusiastic because well let's read for starters it says here my hero academia ultra rumble announced it's a battle royale console game and taking a look at the visuals on the promotional poster for starters of course you see bakugo all the way at the top you got all might and he's like rescuing some sort of kid then you got on the other side you got shigaraki you got again bakugo like it looks like he's in back of shigaraki and then in the second poster you have again some action gameplay it looks like all might fighting bakugo and i'll be honest with you graphically and character design and all that jazz just like looking at it from the aesthetics it looks straight up like one's justice it doesn't look any different and that's one of the big things that i was kind of shocked like i thought if we're gonna go you know round two for my hero academia games we're gonna go maybe a whole different direction because one's justice while it was cool i ain't gonna lie i had a little bit of fun playing it whatnot it still wasn't the greatest games in the world in fact a lot of people were disappointed with them so to see that they're recycling mechanics and stuff like bandai namco it looks like they cheaped out with this one but there's a little bit more info here because for starters it says some additional details on my hero academia ultra rumble and this is all courtesy of ps360 hd2 shout outs to my guy it says free to play so it's gonna be a whoa oh okay i thought that this was going to be like uh you know pay 60 dollars type of game it's a free to play free to play console game interesting okay free to play battle royale three players from a team in 24 player matches there's a closed beta announced more details coming soon and it looks like for now the beta might be ps4 only 
and the game is coming to ps4 xbox one nintendo switch and steam so no ps5 announcement it says yeah the closed beta will only be on ps4 according to katayang on the scan other platforms are gradually being worked on wow so it's going to be a free-to-play console game it's going to have a battle royale mechanic to it and three players form a team in 24 player matches hmm i don't know man this is weird i'll be honest with you and it looks like this is a direction that is unfortunate and i don't like that it's going this way but it is going this way now that we got this one as well it looks like namco bandai they want to utilize as very little money and delivering new stuff new content as possible because let's just double back real quick to that big dragon ball scare game what is it the breakers or whatnot the breakers is literally just recycling and reusing materials from dragon ball xenoverse like the character models the backgrounds and all that stuff it's straight up just hide and seek with the xenoverse game so they're doing that with dragon ball now you come to my hero and they're doing a free-to-play which they're probably gonna have like in-game buys and all that jazz and whatnot but they're doing a free-to-play console game recycling one's justice mechanics character models and stuff like that namco bandai you're going down a very terrible route i'm not even gonna lie like this is you know what i'm saying people pay a lot of money for a lot of these games and whatnot and i mean i guess because it's free to play like yay but you know what i'm saying ideally i want some new and innovative games if you're if you can't think of anything else but to do battle royale games try something else i'm not gonna lie just try something else try a platformer try something else because First of all, the, the genre itself is getting stale. Anime fighting games, like, you know, there's a lot of anime games that just don't do well and aren't all that entertaining. I, I hate to pick on it, but that One Punch Man, a hero nobody played, that shit was doo-doo bread. And it looks like they're just continuing, you know, Jump Force as successful as it was. It was mainly successful because of the marketing of like, yo, I got Asta, I got Deku, I got Goku, I got Luffy, I got Naruto. Like, I got all of the characters that I love in one game, but people hated the mechanics of it. These Battle Royale games are starting to become stale and then on top of that they're recycling materials and stuff what are you doing bondi come on come on come on so new my hero academia console game but eh, it's not all that exciting to be honest with you because yeah i mean i'm gonna play check it out see what it's worth but bondi let's not go down this dark route because it's getting dark we're going to the dark ages of namco bandai anime games okay people and lastly i wanted to end it off with a really cool little just update on marshall haven't talked about it in a while it says marshall will be taking the cover of weekly shonen jump issue number eight of 2022 to celebrate its second anniversary with an extended 26 page chapter anime one i'm pretty sure we're getting that anime announcement this year hands down if we're at the second year anniversary that's about 100 chapters usually a manga around the 100 chapter mark gets announced that it's getting an anime adaptation marshall already is selling very well doing anywhere from 80 to 100,000 in its first full week of sales with the manga it's only a matter of time and if they're doing covers and stuff like that they might be gearing up we didn't get it at jump festa because we had all the big you know bleach and all that other stuff but they're probably going to give it to us soon and I'm looking forward to it because Marshall is pretty freaking hype and awesome. And yeah, people, that's all the stories we have for today's episode. I'm curious what you guys think. Most important story, favorite story, anything you want to see me cover that I didn't in future episodes, drop me a comment, let me know. I'm always on the lookout to see what you guys want to hear me uh, cover and, and discuss. But that's all I have for this one. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed. If you liked anything I had to say or enjoyed the video, drop me a like. I'd greatly appreciate it. And if you want more from me, make sure to subscribe. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, hit that bell to get all notifications. And if you want to follow any of my other social media links are in the description below i'm from the world and as always people have an awesome day and remember the golden rule anime and manga have an awesome day peace in and you guys just watched another episode of
Have an awesome day.